Welcome to the Powered by Mind podcast. I am your host, Joe. Life's a journey that is powered by your mind. And this podcast focuses on thought-provoking ideas to help you learn and grow so that you can embrace challenges, get out of your own way, and become the best version of yourself. So, if you're ready, let's go. Now, today we're going to be talking about figuring ourselves out. So, when you're in the jar, it's hard to see the label, right? So I'm going to tell you a little story about myself when I was younger and how I finally figured out what was in my jar. And by doing so, I stopped trying to suit everybody else's tastes or hide what was really inside my jar and became happy with the flavor of jam that I am. I guess this is a story about self-discovery. Now, I'm not into labeling because what you believe about yourself, you become. And as Jim Quick says, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. But I'm all in when it comes to self-discovery and identifying things about yourself, you know, understanding why you do the things that you do and, and how it all works. If you can be open to learning about yourself, getting self-awareness, it can help you to stop worrying about your weaknesses and find and focus on your strengths. So instead of feeling ashamed or frustrated about yourself, you can learn to navigate and move past those feelings. Having self-awareness can help you find patterns or behaviours or ways of thinking that might be holding you back. And in turn, you can identify the things that you need to stop doing or the things that you need to start doing to become a better version of yourself. It's also great to figure yourself out to help you manage and regulate your emotions. And then you can make better decisions make more meaningful connections as you become more attuned to how you behave around other people. And it helps with lots of other things as well, like become more confident as you understand why you do the things that you do. You know, if you want to become a better leader, people only follow leaders or people that believe in the things that they say and do. So it makes sense to truly understand yourself. Overall, you can achieve more happiness and experience greater satisfaction, like they say in Lego Ninjago. By cultivating self-awareness, you can unlock your full potential. Actually, uh, that's a cartoon, by the way, and I was just informed that it's true potential, not full potential. Potatoes, potatoes, doona, duvet, whatever. Okay, what that means is once you really understand yourself, you can then start living your true life. Imagine that. Because it can help you find ways to improve yourself. This includes, but is not limited to, your belief system, goals, desires and habits. And when you identify them, you can really create a good foundation for personal growth Sometimes you find the areas that are in need of a little renovation and that's okay. That's when you can build your mind to be stronger, better and more comfortable place to be really. So this knowledge, I believe, helps us to be kinder to ourselves and more compassionate, which is where we can really begin to shine. So not labelling here, but I have HSP, which stands for highly sensitive person and ADHD. But there's not really a diagnosis for HSP and some of these traits really cross over. 
And I'm actually really happy about this. And you'll discover why at the, well, towards the end, all will be revealed. So it all came about like a slap in the face with a wet kipper. Not that I've ever been slapped in the face with a wet kipper or a fish for that matter. I don't think I've ever been slapped in the face with a fish. But anyway, I can only imagine what that would feel like. So one day I had a couple of friends over and one of them who was studying psychology at the time declared as I walked in the room and I'd probably been out looking for my keys on my phone or something. Oh, you definitely have ADHD, Joe. Wait, what? No, I don't. I had never been so offended in my whole life. But I was in the jar and I wasn't on the outside looking in. So I couldn't see what was probably very obvious to them. And it took a really long time for me to come around to this idea. And I am talking, when I say long time, I'm talking years. So why was I so offended by this comment? Well, it challenged my ego and every notion I had about myself. You know, I was tough there's nothing wrong with me. And if I had something that would mean that I'm weak and I was not weak, I was big tough Joe. So where did this idea of being tough come from? Or where did my idea of myself at that point come from? Well, when I was a young girl, I hate saying that, but it's true. When I was a young girl, I was very spontaneous. Oh my goodness, what am I talking about? I'm still very spontaneous. Uh, But when I was younger, I didn't know about all of this. So anyway, I was spontaneous and reactive and I had big emotions and I would cry at the drop of a hat. I couldn't stop it. I didn't know why. I still can't stop myself from crying, especially when something touches my heart. But I'm okay with that now, now now-ish. For years, I didn't realise why this was. I was so sensitive and felt in my pre-teens that I just seem to feel things more deeply than others. I used to get very upset with myself for having these really intense emotions, especially crying in front of others, which was so embarrassing. People just thought I was being dramatic. And this was a big problem because I would spend lots of time spontaneously reacting to all the things around me that I was sensitive to and then beating myself up for it. Things that seem simple to some people like lying in the sun, sunbathing. I just couldn't do it. And while other people could just relax in the sun, I felt everything around me. I was fidgety. I couldn't sit still. I'd concentrate really, really, really hard on staying still or laying still but then like a volcano erupting it would just all become way too much and even the noise of a bug flying around me and I'd react and I'd sit up and people around me would be you could feel them they'd be exasperated with me and be like why can't you just relax now I'm also sensitive to noise and light and smell I think in that order as well coincidentally I have suffered from migraines since the age of five, which was around the time I started primary school. And they were really, really bad. And I felt like I had them weekly until I was around 13. But they continued on until I was an adult. And if you have never had a migraine, you are an extremely lucky person. Because even as a child, I remember thinking I would not wish this pain on the worst person alive. 
when I was younger, when I was a child, my migraines were pretty horrific, actually. I remember my very first one. I think I may have suffered a little bit of trauma through actually having migraines. And it would often start with a sharp pain in my temple or the side of my head, similar to brain freeze. I used to call it an ice cream headache. Or I'd get a pressure behind the bridge of my nose, behind my eyes, and I'd feel really weird. And even to this day, you know, I can't explain that feeling. But if I tried, I'd say it was like my brain was constricting and the sound all around me would be really, really intense. You know, like in the movies, sometimes after an explosion has gone off or the film's trying to show a person hearing all the people talking at once and everything's really loud and muffled, a bit like everything is happening all at once. Say if I was going to my friend's birthday party and I got all excited, just like any other kid would, I would end up not being able to go because I would get a migraine. And I used to get so upset about missing out on so many trips and so many birthday parties. And I'd be laying in bed with my head pounding relentlessly as if there was a sledgehammer being cracked against the inside of my skull. And the pain was so bad that I would vomit, which would make the pressure on my head feel like it was going to explode. It was torture. I would wonder, why the heck is this happening to me? And remember feeling like I was being punished for something. Maybe I was bad. Maybe I was a defect. Why couldn't I be normal? Other kids didn't have to go through this. I started to believe I was being punished for something bad or that I was faulty. And of course I wasn't, but that's the label I put on myself when I was a child because there was just no other explanation for it. No one could give me any answers. And looking back now and knowing that I have a nervous system that fires way faster than the average person, I'm going to make sense of this all in a minute when I explain the highly sensitive person. And I find it really obvious that it was probably due to sensory overload and not being able to get away from all the noises and overstimulation of my nervous system. And I didn't know what my triggers were, but no one really knew about this stuff when I was younger. So what seems obvious to me now really was a bit of a mystery as a child, and no one could explain it to me. So I developed what I now know to be a subconscious belief that I was a defect. And this belief was backed up by all the times I would do things that I would beat myself up for, you know, for example, when I would burst into tears and not be able to control myself from crying. All the times I would get in trouble for saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing. In an attempt to cope with this, to hide being so sensitive and what I thought was weak or defective. I tried to become overly tough and in an attempt to combat the feeling of being weak, I developed defence mechanisms to cover up my emotions by acting tough. I thought that pretending to be indifferent would help me avoid getting hurt, but this technique was actually more self-destructive and I only ended up being harder on myself. As I got older, Things really didn't improve much. The cycle continued. I was still spontaneous, reactive and sensitive and still covered it up by acting tough to make it seem that I didn't care. I'd mentally beat myself up. And later on, I started to physically beat myself up by drinking too much, trying to numb out all the overwhelming and big feelings. I was lost I didn't know what to do and no matter how hard I tried, nothing seemed to work and I became increasingly unhappy. 
when I finally figured out myself years later, and I'm talking about in my 30s, it helped me put a stop to these self-destructive behaviours that had come from my warped sense of self, which I'd developed as a kid and programmed into my subconscious. And how did I do that? Well, neuropathways in the brain are created and very pliable when we're young and our preset beliefs are formed around the age of I think seven years old but let's say under 10 okay this is when a lot of the subconscious beliefs are programmed and your brain is made up of around a hundred billion neurons that store and transmit information. And when you learn something new, like when you first learn to walk, you really have to think hard about what you're doing. I have to put my right foot here and then I have to sort of balance myself. Is my upper body in the right? But okay, now I'm going to move my left leg. So I'm going to transfer the way, you know, they were the sort of ways that you learned to to walk, you had to really think it through, you know, to keep yourself safe without falling over. But as you time goes on, it becomes subconscious. So different parts of the brain are activated when we're learning something new and new connections between neurons are made. This is creating a new pathway. And with repetition, this pathway becomes stronger and more automatic, which allows you to do the task without conscious control. Like once you've learned to walk, that's from a subconscious program. And this way, our brains can serve energy by setting things on autopilot through the subconscious. And now these pathways can still be changed relatively okay into teenage years, but they become more difficult to change the further you go on into adulthood. So this is when you do things and you don't actually know why you're doing them and it can be really tricky to change. So basically, the program that was running in my brain throughout my early adulthood, which was on autopilot, the subconscious, was created or I was programmed by a child. Now, this is common for a lot of us and it can explain why it can take so long for you to figure yourself out. And this is why it took so long for me to figure myself out. Now for the aha moment. Following my wet kipper experience, aka being told I had ADHD, even though that explained some of the things I did, being forgetful, never on time, speedy, being loud, spontaneous. It didn't explain everything though. It didn't explain the big, big, big sensitivities. And along my journey of self-discovery, I learned about the HSP, highly sensitive person. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that before, but what it's basically referring to is a very sensitive nervous system. And while I've done my fair bit of research on the nervous system, and I have what I consider to be a basic understanding of it, my knowledge is really only the tip of the iceberg. However, I'm going to attempt to explain it in a way that's understandable. Okay, are you ready? There are 12 nerves that directly come out of the brain known as the cranial nerves. And these nerves, like all nerves, they're thin cables that transmit electrical impulses throughout the body. They help manage everything from intentional movements to autonomic functions such as digesting food and breathing. So these things that we do automatically. Now the cranial nerves originate near the back of the brain with one on the left side and the other on the right and they play an essential role in sensory and motor skills. Now some of the sets work in similar or closely related ways. 
The nervous system is composed of the brain, the spinal cord and nerves, and they extend throughout the body. And unlike a fixed train track that run constantly, there are breaks in this line that rely on electronic signals to jump from nerve ending to nerve ending. And the nervous system controls much of what you think, what you feel, as well as your body's actions. And it enables you to walk, speak, swallow, breathe and learn. And it also controls how your body reacts in an emergency. Wow. So now I found the reason why I had all these traits and all of a sudden I wasn't just this person with a defect who couldn't control my emotions or stop interrupting conversations. There was a reason for my behaviour. I was just wired in an extremely effective way or I like to think about it like my electrical amps had just been cranked up and I knew that there would be something that I could do about it and there was. To start, I found compassion for myself and figured out so many things. HSP is the reason I'm super aware of my surroundings and stimuli and it explains so much, like why I couldn't watch scary programs or thrillers or violence on TV. Whether real or not, it really bothered me and I can get really overwhelmed pretty easily and I had to leave the room when something scary was about to happen or something that I anticipated and it explained why I try to avoid certain situations. And like the reason I got migraines when I started school, it was probably because of the overstimulation of my nervous system and by all these noises and not knowing how to get away from them because I didn't actually know that that was a trigger for me. When I was a kid, I wouldn't have said that there was anything good about being HSP. But as an adult, I've realised that there are so many awesome things about it. The cool thing uh, is about being a highly sensitive person is being really creative, having a great sense of humour, being a human barometer with a built-in alarm system, being a great detective, having a really good imagination and being creative and being very meticulous when it comes to decision making, valuing alone time, trying to see the best in situations, caring really deeply, not just about the world and the people in your life, but pretty much about everything, being incredibly understanding of others. And ADHD is wild because where I struggle to focus on some things, I can intensely focus on other things that interest me. So like hyper-focusing, and I'm really good at figuring things out. Where I struggle with being super spontaneous and blurting things out before I've had a chance to think it through... I've got super fast reflexes and probably should have been a Formula One driver. Now, I am by no means defined by any of those things. Now, did you notice how I didn't say that I am any of those things or that any of those things are hang-ups or a problem in any way? And that's because it's really important not to identify as a particular label or see a trait or a label that you may have about yourself or that someone else has given you as an objective truth. ADHD and HSP are not who I am, rather than things that just affect how I act, how I feel and how I think. So you are not defined by your past or your labels. You are a person who can achieve anything that you set your heart, mind and soul to. 
And I got this from my incredible mum because she used to tell me all the time and whisper in my ear at night. And yes, mum, I wasn't asleep. Sorry. You can do anything that you put your mind to. And I am so glad that that is something I deeply believe and have programmed into my subconscious. And I don't know if she actually knew that that's what she was doing, programming my brain. But nonetheless, her lessons have made a really big impact on me. And now they're part of who I am. And they guide how I think and act every day. Getting to know myself and understanding why I do the things I do and allowing myself to be truly me is a huge relief. I used to hate myself for being reactive and wearing my heart on my sleeve. I felt more vulnerable and hurt than other people did. But when I learned to accept my sensitivity and express myself in healthy ways, such as letting go of people who didn't understand me and talking to trusted friends, it was so worth it. And this put a stop to years of self-numbing, self-destructive behaviours that resulted from trying and failing to fit into society's, quote marks, normal. So how do we get to know ourselves better? How to learn more about yourself? Did you know there are 16 different brain types and a great place to find out more about yourself is to find out what brain type you are. You don't have to, but it's a great place to start. So you can take a quiz about this and this is not some kind of pop quiz. This is research from one of the world's leading neuroscientists, Dr. Daniel Amen, and you can actually read all about it in his book if you want to know more about it. And the one that I read that I really liked was called You Happier. Another way to learn about yourself, maybe look at the way you react to things and examine that. Keep a diary and see if you can see any patterns or behaviours coming up. See if you can figure out what depletes you and what drains you. And then on the flip side to that, what are your pick-me-ups? Another great way, I'm probably going to talk about this a lot, meditate. I do not want to hear, I can't do that, because there are multiple ways to meditate. And when you are in the zone and you're not thinking about anything else, you're actually meditating. So have a look into that. And if you're feeling really, really brave, you can ask people to send you an email with a list of the ways that they see you and ask them to be really honest but also be prepared that you might not like some of the things that they say. You can even ask people that you don't particularly like and they might give you a spin on things about yourself that you you didn't see, which is kind of why we're trying to do this, to discover more about ourselves. But anyway, be careful with that one because it can be a little confronting and we don't want you falling out with anyone because they've been honest with you. But if you can handle it, it's a great way to find things new about yourself. Knowing who you are sometimes comes from just letting go of who you think you are. Gaining self-awareness can help you figure out why you don't always achieve the same results as others do when we attempt the same things. So if something's not working for you in your life, or if there's something that you want to change and you're really struggling, it's a great time to stop and reflect on yourself and maybe try and figure out you know, figure yourself out a little bit because you know what? If nothing changes, nothing changes. So that really is it for today. I hope this has been helpful to you. Again, 
If you did find some benefit from it or if you think there's someone that can benefit from it as well, please share it with them because that's how we're going to grow this podcast and it's going to help me get a bit more motivated to put more episodes out there. So thank you so much for listening once again and you know, as always, I hope you have a really amazing day.